1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
0: This is it. The
2: time has come.
3: Saturday night's all right for fighting. Right him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On TalkSport.
2: Welcome to the Fight Night podcast on Talk Sport with me, Gareth A. Davis, and my usual mucker, Adam Cattrall. Well, first this week, I was lucky enough to catch up with Cal Brook in the mood, the former welterweight world champion, and after that amazing victory over Amir Khan in February to tell me that it was time to hang up the gloves. Here's what he had to tell me in an exclusive chat.
1: Kel doesn't need it and um, he'll assess it in, I think the next couple of weeks and whether he has one more or two more, I don't know. Most fighters, you know, the sport retires them, you know, I'm retiring from the sport, you know, on, on a serious high. Just
3: absolutely battered. Kel
0: Brook, ten months of inactivity and it's over in
4: around four and a half minutes. Brook is the toughest opponent. That Crawford has fought Correct. the
0: toughest
1: opponent. A to the ring and in front of the Sheffield
3: fans. Of the nice.
1: They get fireworks, they get chocolate brownies, they're going to get drama, they're going to get wobbly legs from him. It's all going to be out there.
0: Boxing has been settled and it is Calbrook who is hoisted onto the
5: shoulders of his trainer, Dominic Ingall.
1: It's been my life. This day's finally come, you know, where you know I've got to retire from boxing. You know, I believe that there's nothing else to gain from boxing and I've spoken to my family. And to to leave the sport on, on such an eye fight what I've wanted for all them years and you know it's this it's it's hard, but there's there's nothing else for me to do, you know, and gaining this sport, really.
2: You told me a couple of days ago that you know your heart's not in it, even though there's still lucrative fights out there. People have been talking about you and Connor Benn, you and Chris Hubeck. The heart's not there.
1: The, my heart's not there, you know, for it. You know, what I put into training camp, how much that, that that's all I've ever wanted on me resume. You know, the, the grudge match with Khan won the world titles, being in them big fights. And you know, it's the my art's not really in it anymore. You know, I'd be I'd be doing it for wrong reasons.
2: Do you so February, March, April, it's you know, you know, kind of 10 weeks after that fight, if that feeling would have returned, yeah?
1: Yeah, I would have, I would have known. Do you know, they mentioned all these names and there's many other names, but what you haven't mentioned, you know, where I could fight anyone after that last win. You know, but uh you know, even even that, you know, it's it's just something within where, you know, the the love's gone.
2: So many fighters are still tempted back for another one. Do you yeah. think you will be down the line or not?
1: I don't I don't think I will. You know, who knows what's today's not what's tomorrow, but um in my heart and it's been in there, it's been there for for a while, you know, being undecided, but speaking to me, my immediate family and, you know, I think it's time, you know, that we caught, we hang the gloves up, you know, and competing, you know, myself.
2: What was the reaction from the whole family when you you said, you know, I think that's it, were they happy about it?
1: Yeah, my mum especially, you know, she's very happy that, you know, because we all know it's a sport we can legally get killed in and, you know, she's happy that I've got away with my faculty intact, and I've done what I've done in the sport. I'm, I'm, I'm just up that I've entertained all the fans over the years, and you know that's the main thing. You know, and it's, it's, it set me up, you know, for life, and and it's, you know, it's a sport I love. You know, I've, I've hated it at times, but you know, this is boxing, and it comes with the territory, doesn't it? When have you hated it? Then, you know, I've just stated you know the lo- the losses and you know sometimes the the training getting the weight off and you know the negotiations what you know do your head in and you know there's there's many spins It's never it's never straightforward boxing at this level
0: mm.
1: you know so there's all there's all that what's you know what I've in you know took in over the years and had to deal with it. and I've just come to the stage where you know I just I just can't I can't do it anymore.
2: Eight years old, you walked into the gym, wasn't it?
1: Nine. I went nine.
2: nine. Nine. Without boxing, do you think you might have had a troubled life?
1: Yeah, I think I would have. You know, the the area where I'm from and the people I know, I think that I probably would have got involved with doing the wrong things. And I really, yeah, I do. I think boxing and Brendan, Brendan Ingle, you know, saved my life, you know taught me self-discipline, taught me to a routine to get into the gym and a goal and to 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 get better and to watch this fight and that fight and study it and and me and all and, and all my body and mind and everything was was, you know, in boxing, indulging it. So, you know, I do believe that, you know, boxing has definitely saved me.
2: Um you said that you you needed that Khan fight. You needed to settle the feud. Do you think that's what's helped you? Think this is it, really?
1: Yeah, I do. You know, I think that I've said it on many interviews before that I've done absolutely everything, and the fans wanted that fight so bad, and you know I wanted to give the that fight for the fans so bad, and and now I've done it. I just I, I'm just at peace with myself. You know, I, I feel at peace that I've I've had a, I've had a fantastic career. You know, one world titles abroad and been in with Golovkin's and Spencer and Crawford's and big names. And, and I think that that was the one I needed, you know, I'm, I'm, for my, on my resume, I needed that, that fight for, for me.
2: Nothing to prove, no regrets in the career, no?
1: I don't think so. I don't think there's uh you know, there's some fights that I've wanted, but like this politics are still, you know, involved in some big fights and, uh, you know i'd probably say that my name's you know one of one of the i named in the sport at the top so you know i think that i've i've done, i've done a good a good bit in the game
2: how would you like to be remembered as a boxer as a fighter as a pugilist as a as a prize fighter
1: someone what wanted to give the fans everything they wanted you know the fights the excitement you know i've never shied away from it from any fight just being you know, just entertaining. You know, being in, being in some good fights. You know, fans enjoy enjoying our style, and you know, um, just excitement. You know, giving giving the fans what they've wanted. You know, wh- wh- when they tune in, excitement and pleasing for them. Uh, I always like to believe that when they've left, you know, the arena after watching me, they've had a great night. They've enjoyed the undercard and they've they've enjoyed the main event watching me. Knocks someone out.
2: Well, some great stuff there from Calbrook and amazing to hear him with such lucidity and clarity about the end of his career. I'm sure all of us will wish him all the best in his new journey, his new pursuits and also praise him for stepping away at the right time well next up we joined craig richards who had some amazing things to tell us breaking down what it was like being in the ring with dimitri bivol and then of course how excited he is to be proving himself in the lion's den against joshua boazzi in the fight coming up
4: All the other domestic clashes that I had after I beat them, they never age well, because afterwards they said, oh, they must not have been that good anyway. That's what we want to see from Craig Richards. When he does it, he looks good, he looks spiteful. That's the kind of tempo we want to see him fight at. Once I beat him, I think I'll get credit, and I think people will be like, right, the winner of this is going to be the number one light heavyweight in the country. Tenters
2: caught in the Spiders' web. Craig Richards is the British champion. What a fight.
4: Was very good he's got very fast hands and he's got very good footwork and he's very clever i feel like when that's why when i fought him it looked like a lot of times in the round there wasn't a lot going on that's because we both had a very high iq so we was nullifying a lot of the stuff we do to each other and also i got good footwork as well so i was able to stay with him Um, backwards and forward. And um, if you look at all of his previous fights, the other opponents wasn't able to do that. I think that's why I probably drew him to the closest decision he's had. Mm. But generally, he has got good footwork and good hand speed, and it's hard to keep up with that if you haven't got that. And I think people are underestimating Bivol dramatically because of the fight with myself um, where I took over for the back half of the fight, I think people are now looking at it like, well, if Craig could do that. Look at Canelo. Canelo will stop him. And I think that's where they're underestimating him, but he's very good and he's a sharp shooter.
3: How, how mentally taxing is, is a fight like that compared to the physical uh, taxing that is normally on you?
4: Well, mental is always harder than the physical, but I feel like where the thinking game for myself, I I don't really struggle that much of it. It wasn't too much of an issue for myself. Why obviously I was growing into the fight and the fight went on, but generally people do find it hard to concentrate for that long period of time. So it does get taxing on people mentally. Um, And Bivol does stay switched on. He rarely makes any mistakes as well. And I think if you look at Canelo's previous opponents, they all block very well, but they made a few mistakes. And when he made a mistake, he capitalised on them. And I'm not sure Biv will make that many mistakes tonight.
2: The, the funny thing is about him, Craig, and, um, you know, you'll forgive me for saying this. He kind of knew against you. He used his experience against you, didn't he? I mean, the guys had nearly 300 amateur fights. Let's let's make this yeah. clear. Um, yeah. And he... Um, he kind of controlled again I say this with respect to you he he controlled the temper of the fight you and I spoke afterwards anyway and you said god that was such a learning fight for me I wish I'd had five more fights before I'd stepped in Mm -hmm. there with him and against someone of that level and you knew that night afterwards I was sitting with your mother beside me on my right hand side Um, you knew that that was a fight where when you go into a world title again you'll have learnt so much from it. What I fear for Bivol in this fight, he's got a very long torso and those those body shots from canelo might tell in this contest
4: well yeah that's the only thing i worry about Bivol with bivou as i said to you I said earlier early on the round it took me a while figuring him out and as i said it was a lot of thinking games so there wasn't mm-hmm. much action even even for either of us compared to our previous fights if you look mm-hmm. at his previous to my previous fights we both had a lot more action in our fights previous to each other But I did notice as I started getting to him, if you notice, like 9, 10, 11, and 12, I I was able to go to the body. um, And I think that's where Canelo will execute a lot earlier, what I didn't do.
2: Well, because it was literally, like you say, it was kinetic chess, you and him, early on. And I think this fight tonight will be that. And it's probably round 7, 8 to 12 that will probably decide it.
4: Yeah, I think so. It all depends on how Canelo does take his power at that heavyweight because I know that um, he was up. Uh, technically on the scorecards against Canelo, I mean Kovalev, I thought Kovalev was dominating that fight Mm. with his boxing, his jab and his size. Although he did get caught in the 11th, but I feel like throughout them rounds, his size and boxing was able to dominate Mm. Canelo. Yeah, but you'd have knocked
2: out Kovalev at that stage as well because we all know that he wasn't the Kovalev of old. no.
4: He was mm-hmm. shot. By then, yeah. he had out of like his last seven, he had been knocked out mm-hmm. three times in yeah. his last seven. And before that, he was the crusher, undefeated for like ten years. So we know that that was an over the hill, Kovalev. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. only thing we can take from that is that before of him, and and his boxing was able to nullify Canelo. Mm-hmm. Canelo wasn't able to walk him down like he does at the other weights. Now we're dealing with a guy who's fresh and young, who isn't shot and over the hill. That canelo's gonna have to deal with who ain't just gonna just take one shot and go over well we don't know boxing's one of them ones we never know but we're assuming that he's fresh and he's young and he won't be able to just uh it's not a shot fighter
2: at this but 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 also bivol sorry ed but bivol i think has gone 12 rounds in his last six he's very he what i I, i'm praising him because he's fighting tonight right i'm not comparing him to the fight with you he doesn't look like he does anything brilliantly, but he looks like he does everything, Steady. like you said, proficiently Steady. and comfortably.
4: Yeah, he, he does do some things brilliantly in terms of, he's got very good hand speed, very good, and his defense of his guard is very tight and strong. Mm-hmm. It's a lot tighter than probably anyone I've, I've been in the ring with. He's, the fence is a lot tighter than he looks. Why he's able That's why people don't really throw a lot at him because he nullifies that in his defence and he's got very fast hands on his offence. But in the same breath, it's very readable sometimes. He doesn't have a wide variety. He does what he does very well, but he doesn't have a lot in his arsenal. Mm. It's kind of the same shot patterns. Mm. One-two left hook, one-two. Left hook, one, two yeah. Left hook, strong one, right hand. hand. Yeah, and I think with a fighter like Canelo who reads and counters... See, I was able to read it to avoid any serious danger, mm. but Canelo will read it and counter off of it um, with, with the difference of the experience of when I boxed him to the experience of Canelo now. Canelo, Canelo will be able to counter off all things he reads, which I would be able to do at probably at this stage of my career. At that stage, I didn't capitalize on, mm. but I think Canelo will be able to probably capitalize on the 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 shot variety not being very wide. Very good. Listen, are you picking Canelo then to win it? Um, it, As I said, it all kind of depends on how Canelo deals with Bivol's power and size at light heavyweight because he's not a natural light heavyweight. But Mm. uh, on paper, you would favor towards Canelo. Mm.
2: And also, on paper... You'd, he's so favourite he's such a favourite in the sport I, I mean I've written a column today talking about how there's a real danger of a controversial yeah. uh, win for Canelo here even if a lot of us feel or draw if, yeah. even if a lot of us feel that Bivol's won seven or eight of the rounds yeah
4: well I believe that as well if it goes to the scorecards I believe if it goes to the scorecards I believe that Bivol will win most of the rounds but I don't think he'll get the decision
2: ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, boxing it wherever thus, eh? say <laughs> Let's talk about you,
3: Craig. Obviously, uh, May twenty-first. I've been listen. We've been talking about it on this show for a long period of time about the British light heavyweight scene being red hot, and all we want is the guys to start fighting each other. Well, it started over the last year or so, and now we've got a cracker between yourself uh, and Josh Bowats. You've just been speaking about your experiences with Bivol there. How much, learning from that fight, does that put you in a wonderful, wonderful position now uh, to get a job done against the, what many would class as a marquee name, especially on the uh, on the British light heavyweight scene?
4: Oh, it put me in good stead. But as you lot guys know, I've obviously been in these domestic clashes for a long time in my career. At every stage of my career, I fought a guy who possibly was a favourite as I was coming through domestically as I've climbed the ladder. So it was not new to me in the sense of another domestic clash. From when I was six fights in, I was fighting guys 12-0, six knockouts in Higgins, and obviously I took the one on short notice. Then I boxed, obviously, Jake Ball, who's 12-1, and Then I boxed Sterling 10-0 and 0 at the time. He called me out. Then I boxed Shakan Pitters, who was top five in Britain, as well as Jake. He was 14-0, um, seven. So it's not new to me to be boxing domestic clashes. It's just like now I'm at the stage where I feel like I'm at the top of the tree of the British domestic scene and so is Joshua Boatsey that's the bridge I've got across
2: now (laughs) excuse me I I um I loved a bit of venom with you and him at the press conference though because it's not something that we see from either of you're you both very cool calm and collected people you know kind of totally chilled out languid guys you know let their fists and arms and bodies do the talking but there's genuinely is it is it the
4: top line in the jungle feeling with this it's that's the, but that's the best way to put it. It's not personal in character wise. It's like I don't like him and he doesn't like my in personality wise or anything like that. Or he's been getting on my nerves, calling me out and disrespecting me on Twitter. How people usually end up in mm. these sort of situations. It's literally, I feel I'm the king of the jungle. He feels he's the king of the jungle. I'm in his way. He's in my way and we need to get through each other to get to the next stage and we both understand as you say we are basically the two top lions now so we're in for a fight and we need to get each other out of the way pretty much is how we think of this and that's what it is it's just business and personal and we're both very ambitious and both need to move on to the next stage and I need I've didn't come this far just to come this far as he said as I said earlier I've boxed a lot of domestic clashes a lot of underdog fights to get myself to this position and I want to push on from here so I need to get him out of the way and I'm sure he feels the same
2: and there's a lot of whispers in the boxing world. Canelo comes through Bivol tonight. It is signed, I understand, for Gennady Golovkin in September in Las Vegas for the super, all the super middleweight belts. There is talk that Eddie Hearn is bringing Canelo to the UK in December. If you beat Boatsi, it puts you in the frame.
4: Yeah, exactly. And this is why all of these fights that I've had that's when it all comes into play. And I believe that this fight's come at the right time because we'd say that Bawatsi's up there, maybe fringe world, world. However, it's arguably of where you want to place him, but it is the stage that will get you ready for the big boys. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: Also on the show on Saturday night, we caught up with Joe Cordina, who fits in with the world scene. He's got a, a world title fight coming up in Cardiff at super feather, of course, and also the prospect, potentially, that he could face Shaka Stevenson, who holds two of those super Superfeatherweight belts. I've
5: thought about this opportunity and this moment for a very, very long time, um, years in fact, and now it's here, so... For me to, to sort of think is this is the my moment this is this is what I've been waiting for I still haven't got my head around it because it's it's just like it don't seem it don't seem any different but obviously I've got this opportunity now it's in Cardiff um, my hometown and it's for a world title um, like you've mentioned previously then I boxed in the Principality Stadium um, and that was in my hometown and the only thing that would have top that would be fighting for a world title and here it is i'm fighting for a world title in the the motor point arena don't get me wrong it's no um uh, principality stadium but it's in my hometown and i get a chance to become a world champion in my hometown
2: Well, i was there for liam williams and chris eubank uh junior recently and it wasn't half a bad atmosphere in there you know
5: no i was there i was there that night and um yeah, I've gotta i got to admit it was electric. Yeah. It was electric.
2: Um, tell me about the move to um, obviously we know you as a lightweight, but the move to super feather. Um a very smart move in in my view. Um, yeah. um was that a strategic move? Um because of the position of the divisions, um, what where the opportunities might come at world level, a conversation with Eddie, how did that come
5: about? Right. To be honest, um, Gareth, it was it was a bit of um, it was a bit of both of the opportunities and um, well, put it this way, I thought I was dieting properly, which really and truly I wasn't. I think it was the Andy Townend fight. Mm. I made the weight very very comfortably, and I didn't have to train from the Wednesday, so I thought, okay that's it was a fluke i done it on the gavin Gwyn fight so after the fight they said listen i think the best opportunities and with you making the weight so comfortably i think we should try you down at super feather because yeah. you're making it easy you're only like a pound and a half at one uh, one of the one of the fights i can't remember which one off super feather
2: were you really so what, I, Even though you were fighting lightweight yeah you you, yeah. So you were a hundred and thirty one and a half not one hundred and thirty
5: five yeah yeah, so like one of the one of the weight cut just like obviously you do the little the weight cut the night before or whatever having a little skip or whatever, and I was a hundred like a hundred and thirty one and a half or maybe hundred and thirty two max yeah. and I'm thinking like i've gotta eat, <laughs> so i'm eat i'm eating drinking, and then Obviously, I went to uh, super feather. I went over to Monte Carlo and boxed Tinoco, and I made that comfortable. And I, after on, when I weighed in, I weighed under the, the limit. Eddie went, "Do you reckon you can make featherweight for Josh Warrington?" And I said, "You give me the Josh Warrington fight, so I'll make it tomorrow." <laughs> but um, obviously, yeah, I, I think you, uh, featherweight would be a bit of a push. Um, yeah, but super featherweight, I think don't get me wrong, it's not it's not easy, but it's not out of reach where I've, I've got to put my my body in um, like a proper distress. Yeah. I, I ain't got to do that. So I, I do it all properly. Um, and, and, and now I'm, I make it, I don't, it's not, it's not, like I said, it's not easy, but it's easier than, easier than what I was doing when I was not doing it correctly at lightweight.
2: Looking at the style of Ogawa, I just watched the, the, the Zinga Fazile fight. Obviously he's a, he's a crouching tricky southpaw that, that Ogawa was fighting. He's a much more direct fighter the 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 IBF champion the 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 Japanese it it must feel like yeah this is a style I can become world champion against
5: yes uh, of course obviously I've seen people like him through the amateurs I've there's not many styles I've come across um, or I look at and I see that I haven't come across any amateurs so um, yeah over twelve rounds it's a different different ball game but He's got two arms, two legs, and he bleeds the same way as I do. So, And, and that goes for anyone in the division. They're no, they're no different. Don't get me wrong. They got, uh, some, some got better skill sets than others. Some are tougher than others. But he's someone that I look at and think, does he, is he quicker than me? No. Is he technically better than me? No. Can he punch harder than me? Probably, his record says. Mm. I know I'm not a one-punch knockout artist, and I know that. But every time I do land on you, it's gonna it's gonna hurt, and eventually it will it will have effect. Um, but then I look at all the other other factors. Can he fight on the inside better than me? No, he can't. So when I add to all that, and put it into one. When I when I think about it myself, my my chances are very very high winning this fight. So yeah, he's a good fight. He's a solid fighter, and I think he, if I didn't if he didn't have this uh, first defense against me, I think he would have been a solid champion for a couple of years until he uh, unified against the likes of Shakur or um, someone else, whoever had the other title, um, uh, Gutierrez. Yeah. Um, but he's fighting me, and I fancy my chances. And like Muhammad Ali said, "There's no, there's no um, reward without risk." Uh, uh, without risk. So, um, yeah. So that's why I've. I've had 14 fights now. I believe this is my time, and it's the right time. Like you said, I'm 30, and I'm mature in what I do. Um, in everything I do, I'm, I'm I train properly. I don't mess around. Um, I get everything done properly, you know. And I know there's no there's no uh, room for slip-ups, and 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 I gotta take every every fight. If it's my world title, obviously this is my world title fight, and this can set up my my family's future. So, yeah, I've got to make sure I grab this opportunity with both hands.
2: You win the world title on uh, June the 4th, isn't it? Um, yeah. You've just seen Shaka Stevenson fight uh, Oscar Valdez. He, he looked phenomenal. I think we all know he's a massive talent. Yeah. Know how ambitious you are, Joe. Yeah. Um, is that someone on your radar um, that you want to fight?
5: Of course. Um Listen, I'm I'm not gonna lie and say he's this that, and the other. He's unbelievable. He's a great fighter. Um, and like I said, I ain't gonna lie. I'm a fan of his. I'm a, I'm a boxing fan. Um, we was in the Olympics together, uh, and he's he's phenomenal in, in what he does. And yeah, I, I I give credit where it's due. He's a he's a great fighter. So yeah, I'd wanna test myself and get in there with the best because without, like I said, without. Uh, risk is no reward. Mm. Um, And if I want to be down in the history books, I'd have to beat someone like that, like Shakur Stevenson. Mm. So, yeah, it's a big ask. It's a big ask and it's a big task. Um, But it's not going to be as easy as a lot of people think it would be for him. Because as tricky he is, I can be also tricky and I can be patient. I can do all the things that he can do. Don't get me wrong, he's proved it. Um, I'm yet to do that um, at the highest level. So yeah, obviously when I, um, June 4th, that's where I got to prove that I'm in that same caliber. Great
2: stuff there from Joe Cordina on top form. Well, Adam caught up uh, with Paul Butler, of course, um, who has been installed as a world champion because of the failings. Of Casimero,
0: here's what he told Adam: buzzing, mate, absolutely buzzing. Obviously, everyone knows what's gone on since since last December, Um, and then obviously what happened in Liverpool. So it's finally, it's finally sunk in, and uh, i made up that the WBO finally made the right decision.
3: Obviously, you had to wait what, 10 days, two weeks since your yeah. performance against your assaults. And we'll talk about that performance because it was superb in Liverpool that particular night where you were crowned interim champion and it's obviously been upgraded this week. Uh, but does this time taste better than the first time when you beat Stewie Hall, what were it, eight years ago?
0: Yeah, definitely. Because when, when I beat Stewie Hall all them years ago, I knew I was giving the belt up. So it was like, oh, another title. Even though it was a world title, I was giving it up. And then he had a, a really tough fight with with Zolani Tete. Uh, and then it was just a rebuilding. I was rebuilding again from then till Rodriguez. And then obviously the Rodriguez fight came around with four weeks notice. So that's a different story. But mm. uh, yeah, it, it does feel a lot better now because I know I'll be going into the ring as a champion, as a world champion, which I haven't done before. So I'm buzzing about that.
3: How much did those first experiences now give you a a, a new appreciation for what becoming world champion is? Because last time you were a young lad. Like you've just said, you were collecting titles every single fight that you walked into. And I suppose maybe at that time you could take it for granted a little bit that, oh, it's just a world title, mate. You know what I mean? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Does this give you
0: a new appreciation for what this is? 100%. Like you say, I was young. I was just, I was a boy. I was was up, I was down the weights. I was winning British titles, Commonwealth titles, uh, intercontinental titles it was all so so fast I just went from 0 to 100 like that and um, it just didn't all seem real at the time and it obviously didn't seem as real because within the month I'd give the title up I got a yeah. phone call I was at a festival in Croatia and I got a phone call saying um, now you've given up the, the IBF title what's your plans and I was like oh I didn't know I'd give it up. So it, it did happen literally all that quick. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll appreciate this a lot more than, than I did the IBF all them years ago.
3: When you, when you did relinquish that first title... Obviously, you just mentioned there that you went into a fight with Zelani Teti and nobody knew who Zelani Teti was at that particular time. The the point for you was to become a two-weight world champion, to go down to your no, more normal weight and become a world champion there, a vacant title against Zelani Tetti. It didn't go your way. And then obviously there's a rebuilding process, you run into Manny Rodriguez. And then is there a point along this journey? Because it's been eight years. Has there been a point? Because it must be mentally tough that to deal with what to deal with becoming world champion, relinquishing it, because nobody beat you to relinquish it and then go into two further world title fights for them not to go your way. Was there a point along that journey where you're thinking, I'm just going to jack this in?
0: COVID nearly killed us, mate. Nearly killed us. I was I was just... When when COVID first started, I thought, this will be a two-week, three-week period, this and we'll be back in the gym. Yeah. Mate, I carried on training when the first lockdowns came and then I started to realise this is this going to last a while, if, you know... And then lockdowns got lifted, put us into another one. I thought, wow, I was like 32. And I was like, is this ever going to happen? Like, I thought, right, here we go again. And then obviously the Casemiro thing happened again. And I was like, wow, am I ever going to catch a break here? And then it happened again in Liverpool. But in Liverpool, I had the off in the back of my head that he might fail weight, he might not. So we always had Sultan. In Dubai, we, we knew nothing about um, mm. Agbeco until we got in the lift about four days before. And they were like, oh, well, we got in the lift, we hadn't even been told. Got in the lift and they we, we were like, "Oh, well, what are you doing here? And he was like, we're fighting Paul Butler. And my dad was like, no, we're fighting Casemiro. And they were like, no, he's too, he's too big. Yeah. And then, so we we half off, we off expected something to go wrong with, with Casemiro.
3: I know that people think I'm going to get giddy with this, but there is a unified title fight in your weight division. You are the holder of the other belt. It is logical that the winner of that unified title fight is going to want to try and become undisputed champion. If they want to do that, they've got to come through Paul Butler. 100%,
0: mate. Let's go. What are we in the sport for? Listen, like I always set myself goals, win a world title. I won the world title. I wanted to win a second world title because I didn't get the chance to defend it. I've done that. Inouye and Donair, boxing for three world titles in the ring magazine belt. I've got the WBO. One left to collect. Mm-hmm. Just let's go. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it sets me for life. That's what I'm in the sport for as well. I'm in the sport to, to earn some good money out of it. Of course. And it's a fight that I want myself um, I'd be stepping in the ring with whoever wins it. They're both going to go down as greats. They're both going to go down as legends. So, listen, I've always said I'd fight anyone in the world, and and that still stands today. I, th-
3: I think the beautiful thing about it is, um, obviously, you're working with Richard Schaefer. Richard Schaefer, I think, um, advises Donair, and I think he's loosely connected to way as well. So it just seems so logical. Yeah. And as, as rightfully as you've said, right, Politics and and nonsense gets in the way of a lot of fights in in the world of boxing, but this one just makes absolute sense. The unified champion. Do you want to become undisputed? Because that's a very rare opportunity in this game. Do you want to become undisputed? There you go. This is the guy that holds the other belt. It makes a ton of cash. The eyes of the world would be on it because like you just said, either one of those two are going to go into the Hall of Fame at some point. It just makes, it ticks so many boxes. Do you reckon you could get him to the UK, mate? I know that, you know, maybe a few of your fans might fancy a little trip to Japan or Vegas or something like that, but what about a little trip to uh,
0: somewhere in the UK? do you know what? It'd be amazing if he came to the UK, but I just think he's he's the David Beckham of Japan. And I think, uh, I just think there's too much money over in Japan to maybe prise him
3: away from there. The thing, the thing is, I know that obviously we're talking about Inoue there. Last time out, when these two met, because it is a rematch, Inoue right. gave gave him gave him everything that he had, man. And Inoue's getting better. Even at his ripe old age, he's getting better. So who knows what's going to happen in this fight?
0: What a fight the last one was. Um, I honestly thought Inoue to stop him after six, seven. As I just thought the youth of him would take over, but came mm. strong, man. He even nine nearly took him out in nine with that big right hand. Um, he's a dangerous, dangerous fighter. He's got experience on his side, but I think um, maybe the youth might take over again this time.
3: Listen, I know that you're a, a very pleasant-mannered young man. Are you maybe planning a trip to be ringside, sit there with your belt, go full Shannon Briggs on it? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I wouldn't mind that, yeah. Um, give it the Al Shannon, yeah, let's go champ. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> Mate, sometimes you've got to do that. You've got to get a bit you've got you've got to kinda of play the villain a little bit, haven't you? You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: to get what you want. I wouldn't mind flying over. Um I've watched a pair of them live before, but obviously with me holding the WBO world title now, then it'd be a no-brainer. So hopefully we can get something sorted and, and fly out.
2: Great stuff, Paul Butler. Uh, always one of my favourites to speak to, one of the grittiest men in the boxing well adam and i also did look at shaka stevenson's fight against oscar valdez we talked about whether he had the prospect of becoming uh number one pound for pound in the world does he have all the wherewithal the armory the the mentality all those things adam and i talked about that how good he looked against oscar valdez in las vegas and we even heard from Shaka, when I asked him what it was that makes him believe that he really can be, for example, like another Floyd Mayweather in the sport. Last weekend, the
3: WBC champion, Oscar Valdez, put his belt on the line. WBO champion, Shakir Stevenson, put his belt on the line and they went at it. Um, We anticipated maybe a little bit more of a competitive fight. It turned out to be a bit of a one-sided showcase from a real slick operator in
2: Shakur Stevenson? Well, I thought he would. And, and look, Oscar Valdez is no dummy. I remember um, commentating on him and Scott Quigg in the rain in, in California, out, outside in a tennis uh, arena. And, you know, v- Valdez is, a, is an aggressive, um, come-forward fighter who's brilliant in the pocket. And, you know, the, the problem you've got with him is you can't get him off you. And yet... Shakur looked like a magician last weekend and he dominated the bout, he dropped Valdez, maybe could have finished him if he would really wanted to, but he's so comfortable in there, he makes it look so easy And, and that's the reason why, you know, I said to you a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, I think it was probably two weeks ago on our show, that I thought he'd smoke Valdez. Maybe he didn't smoke him, but he certainly outclassed him and he outschooled him and he 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 goes up and up and up mm. in, in my estimation, and as I said, I had him on the show two or three weeks ago, and I spoke to him, and um, I think I was presenting that night, and I interviewed him, and he just, t- I, I kind of put him on the spot about why he thinks he can be the number one pound for pound in the world, and he's just got he's just got this 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 reasoning in him where he's watching certain fighters he's watching what Floyd did and how Floyd did things and how Terence Crawford does things who's in the same stable as him with with Brian McIntyre the coach and the trainer and he he's just he's we, we've, I've, lucidity's been a theme for me tonight with the fighters and um who we've had on the show and he he's one of those guys who's got it he's just got it mm. he's got it
3: I think I made a a, a statement on social media last week and I referred to him having the elusiveness of money, as in money Mayweather, and the nastiness of pretty boy, pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. He has got the full thing and obviously he's a a South Pole, which is absolutely a nightmare for the majority of people. He is that. He is uh, a real student of the sweet science. It's about
2: hitting and not getting hit and he has got that in abundance absolutely he has and and i think but, but that's the key for him that that he he's he's getting better and better with every performance every every question that's being asked of him is being answered i think the big issue for him uh, as we as we are want to do as as observers on the sport as as commentators on as pundits as analysts of these great young fighters coming through is is we 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 we, we see all those great qualities in them um, and it might not be until he meets a Javonta Davis, a Javonta Tank Davis or a Vasil Lomachenko. You mentioned that fight earlier. He and the Ukrainian Vasil Lomachenko is probably technically the best matchup on the planet Uh, in terms of skill sets with boxers. I think he probably beats Vasil Lomachenko um, right now. Um, Whether he beats someone who is capable of really pinning him in the corner, I think Davis could be the guy. Mm. That fight's unbelievable. You know, it's an unbelievable contest. It's one of the the great matchups, but they have to time it right to make sure those guys get the money that they they merit for that contest. And, uh, you know, I mean, they check Stevenson and, and and Tank Davis have been at it on Twitter um, after Saturday night's uh, bout, uh, and th- they want it, and and they will meet. And the beautiful thing about that.
3: On the, on the two fights that you're just comparing there, right? And um, This is no disrespect to J- Javonta Davis or Vasyl Lomachenko, the both of which are competing in the weight division above mm. where Shakur's at at mm. this moment at £135. But neither of them are really £135 fighters. They're up there because they see that there's more money up there and there's more talent around there that they can have a bit of a dance with. They're both guys that will probably operate at £130 where Shakur's at right now. So therefore they're not beyond the realms of possibility those particular fights at either a weight category you could do it at super feather you could do it at lightweight it doesn't really matter for me but like you just said matchup wise they're absolutely perfect the pair of them one thing that I just want to pick up on that I saw a lot on social media right because as you just said in the fight with Oscar Valdez he puts an absolute clinic on he drops him in the 6th round he doesn't finish him he ends up dancing away from him in the 12th round now when he's dancing away from him there's people that were critiquing him saying that he should have gone for the finish and if Floyd Mayweather was in there with Oscar Valdez he would have got a finish um, he's, no. uh, Floyd Mayweather is miles ahead of where Oscar uh, where Shakur Stevens is at at this moment in time well hang on let's just hold your horses for a second right we are talking about a 24 year old that's what Shakur Stevens is right now he's 24 years of age He's a multi-weight world champion. He's a world champion in two weight divisions and he has just unified the super featherweight division by beating Oscar Valdez, the WBC champion. If you go back and look at Floyd's career, yeah, now with hindsight, it looks amazing from this point backwards. But if you look at when he did stuff by the ages, he wasn't unifying divisions until he was 29 years of age, Floyd Mayweather. So in my opinion, Shakur Stevenson is well on the path to doing something very, very special. He's got to stay focused, he's got to stay straight, he's got to stay in the gym, he's got to stay working and he's got to keep delivering the performances that we saw last weekend. If he can do that, if he can keep moving forward, in 10 years from now, when he's 34 years of age, we'll be looking back at a guy that's probably picked up world championships in another two, maybe three world uh, uh, weight divisions and unified four more divisions. He's on
2: the path for something very, very special. Yeah, and I, I think again i go back to timing you could put him in now with tank davis and he might beat tank davis in a in a very clever fight but it might not resonate with the mainstream and i think what we want to do and what what i say we what what his promoters will want to do he's with top rank is as you say he's 24 he's still so young um make him resonant with the American public. Make people aware over a period of time, over the next two or three years, that this is a rare talent, that this is a rare talent worth watching. This is a rare talent in a sport that is incredibly difficult, in which you can be legally killed... Yeah, in which he's able to be in there as comfortable as a person cleaning their teeth in the morning, brushing their teeth and walking to the office and doing a day's work Mm -hmm. that's how comfortable he is he doesn't have to move from the chair he's he's so gifted he's it's, it's hard to put into words properly. Do you that- think, in
3: your, in your opinion, because this, this is a relevant question for where society's at right now, it seems that everybody has a, a shorter attention span now than they maybe did 10, 15, mm. 20 mm. years ago with what we're experiencing with social media. So what we see with Javonta Davis, prime example, when to Davis fights, he will deliver, at some point in the fight, a viral moment that will exist in your phone that you can watch the morning after. It'll only take you 30 to 60 seconds to watch, and you'll go, wow! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly.